Hi, this is Ross Payton here with Roleplaying Bubble Radio. This is RPPR episode 48, Under a Dark Sun, D&D is a heavy metal album cover. And of course with me is Tom Church, and uh, yeah. we have special guest, Cody Walker. Say hi, Cody. Hello, everyone. Let's say, oh, hi. I'm not going to say, oh, hi, Cody. <sighs> oh, hi, Cody. Anyways. Cody, you're uh, tearing us a, apart. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, done an episode. We've had a lot of stuff go on. Uh, yeah, it's like someone, someone's been out of town. Yeah, someone's been out of town, but we've been uh, to Gen Con. We've all been out of town, except for Cody, because Cody doesn't get to leave. Aww. But I went on vacation like a month ago to, like, Alaska, so. Yeah, but. Yeah, the, but it's not Gen Con. Yeah, it's not Gen Con, so. Uh, so you go sit in the corner and yeah, cry in shame Palin's for a while. Museum and gift shop, and we went to Gen Con. Um, I also uh, toured a historical brothel and also toured two breweries. And uh, you didn't were... mention the brothel before. I didn't. No. Oh, I, I, learned, yeah, I know the brewery. I, 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 I learned much about um, prostitution. About well, yeah, um, prostitution in the <laughs> 1890s. And, oh yeah. And um, I, I could share some of those stories at a later time because uh, I, I know we have a lot to <laughs> do today. So. Yeah, I guess I could do an anecdote yeah. today about uh, it. But yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, they gave us alcohol at like nine in the morning, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, this." Might it is be. Alaska. I mean, yeah. you know what else? Yeah. There really isn't much else, and that was actually in Sarah Palin's hometown of Skagway as well. So I thought it was Wasala, or no, that's the one she was marrying, right? I, I don't know. I'm not. You I'm, were at her museum and you don't know? Her, when I say museum, it was mostly a it place was to a buy museum. calendars and mints that say Alaska, United States, or the, the coldest state with the hottest ex governor on them. <laughs> okay. So. I don't know. Jesse Ventura. There's jism kind of, uh, everywhere in yeah. the entire museum. Wow. Just people right. beating off to pictures of her. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's, and that's I was like, one of those people. Oh yes, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dispute that claim. His favorite, Cody's favorite thing, aside from Batman Triple X, is the uh, uh, <laughs> Nalan Palin. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, starring Lisa Ann, my okay. favorite porn actress. <laughs> all right, future interview subject for mm-hmm. here. Well, he is married, so that's all he's got. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on how open. No, we're just getting weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we are, uh, we got a lot of news actually today, uh, keeping up with, you know, we were at Gen Con. First off, of course, the Aaron's Ransom, uh, the Get Aaron to Gen Con uh, Ransom was successful, and Aaron did run his first game of Call of Cthulhu at a convention. Well, at his first con game, uh, and it was very successful by all accounts. We posted the actual play on the RPPR AP podcast, so you can listen to that. It's gotten a lot of positive feedback. Tom, have you uh, taken a listen to it? Or what, what, what? I, well, I was actually I was at the table right across from his, so I actually heard a lot of it as it, live as it was going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he seemed to be keeping it together. Uh, you know, obviously he was nervous as shit. <sighs> Of course, of course, this is Aaron. You know. But you know, we we were finished. My our, my game, which was going on, was over in two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, which everyone, but it was a thrilling, a thrilling success, which we will go into later. Of course. And so Ian, Ian yeah. Moody, Violet, and myself were in the hotel restaurant waiting for him to get done, and we were running. Okay, whatever face he's going to have when he comes in here is going to determine how well it went. And when he came in, actually smiling and happy, like oh. I think someone succeeded. Aw. Yeah. We we gave him small we gave him a small round golf of golf claps. Golf claps. Golf clap. Nice. All around. That, I think that was very appropriate. And then we bought him a then we bought him a hotel soda which was 250. Yeah, no. Hotel sodas are pretty uh, expensive. Everything in hotels is horribly over 
surprised. Oh yes, it, it's it it's a sin. I hate it's it. It's a monster. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, oh, Cody's passing messages. Yes, uh, violating the decorum of RPPR. I know we're we're a classy joint here. Um, so uh, since the project is successful, I know there are several rewards for. Uh, those people contributed to the ransom. Now, Aaron is in charge of all that. His username on the forums is Beyond Sandrock. Yeah, which I have no idea what the fuck that means or what that what that is. Isn't that a Pokemon reference? I, I don't I don't know. I just said I don't know, so I, I wouldn't I th- know. I thought it was. I mean, I, don't I, know. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, but again, reference. I don't know. It's either that or a Toonami reference. Okay, that's whatever. Worse. No, no, I think it's a new. It might be a Naruto reference. It's either Naruto wow, or that's that's terrible. I mean, I I'm going to change Naruto, his username just, probably. But anyways, I could call him up right now and ask. him. No, we don't need to go there. I'm, what I'm saying is, if you have a reward, bug Aaron about it. Don't bug. He's me. the one you should bother. He he'll have the but he'll be mailing the buttons and the DVDs and all that other crap. So uh, he he'll uh, uh, you need to deal with him and annoy him if you don't get it in, t- in a timely manner. So there were buttons and DVDs. Yes. You, do you remember the the button for people who contributed to that? I was gone for the the entire week that that went down. So it was gone, gone for like two weeks. And it was, it was, all, yeah, it was yeah, no, but it like seriously, it, it posted if you contributed up. twenty dollars, you got a button mailed to you. If you contributed forty dollars, you got a DVD that Aaron's going to put together of like the raw footage we shot for the video. Oh, okay. So, anyways, so that 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 was a uh, quite a success, um, and of course, Gen Con itself uh, was a huge success too. I mean, I my my second book, Road Trip, uh, I finally got my copies. Ross of it. is yeah. published, yes. everyone. Uh, it is uh, Road Trip has gotten some very good reviews. Gotten two five star reviews. Uh, so far in RPG.net and DriveThroughRPG.com. Um, and as and Ross tells me as he sits naked at his computer screen reading positive reviews of himself and laughing. I never said that, Tom. I don't know. Wow. Ross, I'm interpreting your body language, and that's what it tells me. Oh, okay. Uh, you're, 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 don't dispute me. Failed that insight check. Uh, I, so, I succeeded the hell out of it. Um, that's out, so you can actually order that and have it mailed to you. Uh, get the PDF of that. Uh, we got a lot of other stuff at Gen Con, too. We'll be talking about that later on. Uh, Gen Con Tom ran his own game, Bell Island, uh, and I heard Incident that on the Bell Island, yep. yeah. And that went pretty well? Yeah, yes, it did. Like I said, it was meant to be four hours, over in two hours 45, and uh, no one complained. Yeah. Barely fun fun times were had by all. Uh, we did have it recorded too, so we'll post that at AP at some point. Yes. Um, you know, because I'm so lazy. Ha ha ha. I only post one a week. Um, so let's see what else. Uh, we got a bunch of some new books and games uh, at Gen Con. We'll talk about those in a little bit. Of course, there's uh, we got Dark Sun, and we've been looking pouring over that the last few weeks. And we just started our Dark Dark Sun campaign, so we'll be talking about that a little later on. Um, but we also had the RPPR meetup. We met up with some fans. Uh, let's see here. Amish Ninja, Tato Nori, Oyama. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, if, uh, I can't remember who else. But there were, there were a bunch yeah. of people there. Artful and, Shrapnel? Yeah, Artful Shrapnel. Yes, artist for the, uh, uh New Orleans. Violet. Yeah. Yes. And, um. Wonderful. So awesome that was people. a very fun. I ran a, a ridiculous, uh, PvP-based scenario based on the movie Operation Endgame. Uh, which we'll talk about later on in the shout-outs. Uh, and I ran a Delta Green game that resulted in a total party kill. It's Artifact Zero from Eyes Well, that's kind of designed to be a TPK. It's, you, have, you even re- have you read it yet? I've, just to- I've told you about it. You've but told it, me all about it. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a fucking... It's, I remember it was on, you told me about it on the way down there. Yeah. You it, said, uh, it's like, if anyone survives this, I will be fucking surprised. Yeah, no, it, it just the way the scenario is written. I'll talk about that a little more later on. Um, 
But let's see here. Uh, we did do a Scott Glancy game. Unfortunately, uh, this particular scenario was a little earlier, not quite as play tested. So not as uh, polished. Not as polished. So not it, it, even to Scott's own words, it doesn't live up to the the high expectations of you know U boat hurrah so dig to victory. We will post the AP at some point. Yes, we will. But, um, no, but no, there, no hurry this time. Right. There are other games too. Uh, I was in a Wild Talents game with ten players. Uh, run by Ben Bow, and there's uh, there was some drinking involved, and so it got kind of silly. Yeah. Uh, I was the, in a game with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the I was it was the uh, some something or other's muse, Mr. Keen's muse, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. The, that was the road trip game I ran. Yeah. That's one of the side adventures in road trip. I crashed that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that had like eight players in it, uh, and I did record all those. I did run three games of road trip. Um, let's see what else. Um, there, I ran. I played in a World War II based Delta Green game. That was fun. I recorded that, of course, and uh, you know, met up with a lot of publishers. Talked to the Arc Dream people. Um, Arc Dream is doing a lot of interesting things right now on their live. If you look on their live journal, they're going to be doing a lot of short PDF supplements for their main games, their main lines like Progenitor, Kerberos Club, and all that other stuff. So, uh, be seeing a lot more stuff. I'll be probably writing some shorter stuff too for Arc Dream. Um, so let's see here. What else? Uh, so that kind of, uh, any other thoughts on Gen Con and overall? You're- yeah. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> it's, Brought uh- tears to your eyes. But I, I cried. You I, cried. I cried like a little bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, Did you cry because it was like a family experience? Like like you had never felt closer to this group of family before? No, actually it wasn't like that. It was way too big. So everyone everything was anonymous except for the people I really yeah. wanted to meet. This was, yeah, this was apparently their biggest drink con ever. 30,000 people this Finally year. Finally top 30,000. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, but very, very fun and rewarding. Um so uh, that kind of wraps up. Uh, yeah, some of the things I got at uh, Gen Con this year: Targets of Opportunity, the new Delta Green book, obviously, uh, Eclipse Phase, the new supplement called Sunward, their GM screen with an adventure. So I will definitely be running Eclipse Phase this fall. Fiasco, uh, Fiasco, yes, Fiasco is an indie RPG game by Jason Morningstar, and the Arc Dream people were raving about it. They played it both nights, uh, and they are two nights of Gen Con, and they both loved it. And uh, they said they they talked very highly of it. And so those are people like Greg Stoles and Shane Ivey and all these other and Ben Bo, and they they were all uh, enthralled with it. So I, I picked. So up you were enthralled. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'll try it. It's twenty bucks, whatever. Uh, so I picked it up and we tried to play it, and it was a fiasco because we couldn't figure out the rules. Um, Cody had a week to learn the rules, and he didn't. Uh, um, some of us were a little bit busy in addition to uh, learning how to play that game, and so uh, I didn't have the chance to learn it completely. Yeah. So we will try a serious game of it sometime, but not in the near future. Because... It's not a, It's not high on the agenda. Right. Uh, let's see what else. I did pick up Dread finally, so I need to get a Jenga tower, and we'll try that. Um, yeah. Because that's... Uh, I still to be... say the coolest book I got, you gave me. Uh well yeah 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 go ahead talk about that yeah yeah it's a uh, it's a it's a supplement book a campaign guide for um, AD and D yeah based off the 1980s movie The Keep yeah which I actually have a bootleg DVD of yeah and uh, yeah the last thing that was released on te- officially was Laserdisc <laughs> so that should tell you how old that is yeah and uh, I really like it because I love the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. You're a big t- prog rock fan? And I also am a huge fan of the book it was based on. Oh, okay. So, it's, 
All I can say is using German mach- submachine guns and shit for, in AD&D. Yeah, the fact that they statted that up, that is pretty uh, ridiculous. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Tom must see this. Uh, and you're right, I must. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I must see that. Your life is now full, uh, fulfilled or something. Yes, like it is. Cosmic. Um, so I also picked up Progenitor, the new Wild Talent setting for the new Wild Talent setting. It's uh, uh, superpowers, alternate history. Uh, superpowers are contagious. You use superpowers on someone, they could get superpowers of their own. So uh, there's sort of a, oh yeah, and the Progenitor was the the housewife. Yeah, the housewife to- who then goes to Vietnam to fight the VC because she's an American. Blah blah blah, and so she gives superpowers to a VC. Uh, 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 and it goes on and on, on and on, 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 on. kind of like Vampire Generations, right? It, exactly, it does. Each one is a little weaker than the uh, Progenitor, but um, it's a very it's a big fucking like 400 page book or something, and it's got a lot of words in it. And yeah, you were I, flipping through it on the way back and. It's it's very cool, uh, but again, it's it's very dense. Yeah. Of course, I could not look at it because I was driving. Yeah, no, driving's good. Not dying is good. So yeah, and uh, of course we and of course the trip was ended with our usual stop to White Castle, which of course <laughs> yes. we, yeah, which of course we do here not, in Springfield we don't have White Castle, so it's a delicacy, a yes, rare gourmet see, treat. Yes, you see, uh, yes, you see. Cody is shaking his head like yeah, he, we yeah we do not crave it unless we're driving by one. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing. Anyway, um, so of course the big the big find was getting Dark Sun uh, a little before it hit its street date, and uh, we we got I got the Dark Sun campaign and the creature catalog. So uh, I had to go on another trip, uh, and I let Cody borrow the books for while I was gone. And um, Cody, so you had a week and a half or a week to read them over. Uh, so why don't we first start this off? Our main topic of this topic is going to be Dark Sun. So Cody, why don't you give us a little review of Dark Sun first, and we can go from there. Okay, and this is actually what I was doing instead of reading Fiasco because Dark Sun um, actually matters to me. So um, <clears throat> I typed up a review for it, and it will also be on my website, which is. Um, popgunchaos.com oh I'm uh, yeah actually you should have mentioned yeah we have Cody has a new website a new blog I feel sorry I feel better for not bringing this up earlier uh, we will put this in links. Uh, it's a very cool site, very good blog. So I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm hoping you'll put it uh, on the main site as well, as many other people have said that you should probably do that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Since it is connected to your site. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Since you were the one that helped me set it up. Yes, you see. And every time I get an email about it, it says slang design on it. So, yeah. So it'd be a good idea if you did that. <laughs> so anyway, um, here is my Dark Sun review. <clears throat> There's den- yeah, fuck. Let me try this again. There's no denying that Dark Sun's biggest draw is the unique setting. On a grim, godless desert world, nine city-states cling to life against the threat of mutated, telekinetic beast and life-devouring sorcerer kings. Everything that was old is new again as the conventions of D&D have been put up to the mirror and the reflection cast is gloomy and sinister. Everything about the setting is like the cover of a death metal album and the setting alone may not be in... But the setting alone may not be enough to justify the $40 price tag for the core book, much less the additional $20 for the creature catalog. If Dark Sun's going to be your first foray into the 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons world, then it's going to be absolutely necessary to purchase the previous player's handbooks for the Dark Sun experience. While you could survive with the first player's handbook alone, it's best to have at least one other handbook to go along with it. PHB 2 has the Druid and Shaman classes that fit well with the Dark Sun setting, while the PHB 3 has Monk and Psionic classes that probably fit the best. 
For a setting that prides itself as being antithetical to the standard D&D, the Dark Sun book is sorely lacking in a differentiation between what classes from the standard books work within the context of Dark Sun best. The reimagining of the races is relatively detailed out, but if a player wishes to know how his or her favorite class has been reinterpreted, other than magic users, then he or she is out of luck. Instead of detailing the different available classes for Dark Sun, the book offers character themes and character options. With a character theme, players can modify already existing classes with a Dark Sun-specific theme. These themes can be applied across the board to any class with some combinations making more sense than others. Players can choose to be an ordinary shaman, or they can choose a theme and become an elemental priest shaman. Then, with character options, players can further the customization so that same shaman can become an elemental priest animus shaman. Each theme also has two paragon paths to choose from, so at level 11, the character could become a smoking crown initiate elemental priest animus shaman. And in Epic Tier, he, become, he could become a Mind Lord of the Order, Smoking Crown Initiate, Elemental Priest, Animus Shaman. So essentially, this game of adjectives is being used in lieu of creating new character classes. The differences between themes and options are so minute that they are essentially unnoticeable. The goal is to offer replacement powers to better acclimate par- players into a new setting, but these options are ultimately hollow, however. Gamers who have been dreaming of building their dream Templar will be sorely disappointed to find that the Templar is just a theme, merely clothing to wrap around another character class from the original player's handbook. The Templar theme offers one power per level for players to choose instead of one of the powers from their own class. While some may argue that specific stats for a Templar would be unnecessary, some may feel that the lack of detail was a cheap way out. Further disappointment lies with 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 the equipment chapter, where instead of armor stats, the player is given equivalency guides to the standard PHB. A few exotic Dark Sun weapons add a little flavor to the equipment, but it isn't enough to make much of a difference. On the other hand, there is a healthy selection of brand new feats, but the ritual section of the book is an embarrassing two pages of Drek that could have been omitted and no one would have noticed. Where the book really shines, though, is in the Atlas of Athis section. With detailed maps, social structures, trade, and history for each individual city, Athos really comes alive in the last 100 pages of the book. It's just a damn shame that the first 130 pages feature so few details to make the setting feel really feel different and alive. As it stands, the Dark Sun options for players don't really feel unique so much as they feel like skins to place over your pre-existing characters. Making a Dark Sun character can take up to three or four books, unless you have Character Builder, of course, but my feelings toward this program have been relatively well publicized by this point. Don't go into the game thinking that it will, it will all be laid out for you because you'll be sorely disappointed. The coordination and effort involved in making a character specific to the Dark Sun setting are almost not worth the effort. As for the creature catalog, there are 20 pages of NPC stats for GMs to use. Each Sorcerer King has been statted out, and while this makes the creature catalog necessary, it would have been an excellent addition to the main source book instead. Sure, this would have made the creature catalog nearly obsolete, but it also would have made the $40 price tag of the source book sting just a little less. So, is Dark Sun's setting unique and frighteningly cool? Of course it is. Is it worth the $40 or $60 price tag? That's debatable. The fact is that information about the setting is readily accessible in other free and legal places, and if you're hard-pressed for cash, print off the wiki article, or better yet, just go to athos.org and print off the 3.5 edition PDF files. 
Considering the depth that athis.org goes into on their site, it might even be a superior option to the fourth edition books. And that is how I feel. Okay. Um, so, for one thing, I'd like to talk about you know the character themes. Um, now, I'm more of a fan of the character themes because I feel like you know you, you specifically mentioned the Templars, and the Templar is a whole social caste uh, in the uh, the world of Dark Sun, and there there are there are thousands of Templars in each all together, all scattered about these city states, and they do many different jobs. So, you, if you had one character class, they'd all be doing the same abilities, have the same powers. But you have some Templars who are like the secret police. You have some that are administrators, some that are basically priests, uh, trying to propagandize the people f- to promote, you know, their sorcerer king lord. Uh, and you know, then there are the arcane defiler Templars, um, re- rebellious Templars. I mean, it, it's you know. Uh, trying to say that all you know people who work in a given area have the exact same abilities and i feel that they're they're you know like everyone who works in the department of homeland security has the exact same skill set you know if that 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 comparison works or if that that's a little out there it's uh, a little out there yeah but uh it's it's a wide ranging it's it's a title more than anything else it's not a it's uh, so there's many types of people who have uh, that title, but they have different jobs and different abilities. So I right. like the idea of character themes. I like being able to reskin things because that's one of the uh, great things I like about Fourth Ed is that you can take these stats. Reskinning has been presented as an option, and you can take the these stats and sort of customize, and then bam, you have a new monster without doing as much work as you would need in Third Ed, where temple adding a template to a monster or a character class to a monster was a lot of work. You know, in third ed, I don't know if you you ever did that for third ed. I that, didn't. Okay. See, I I think that my problem is is that if we had a full character class of Templar, and then maybe a few options on how to to reskin the Templar to you know a thief or a bard or something like that, then that would be fine. But I really feel like this was a cheap way out because they didn't want to have to stat out the full thing or, or well, they spent as much page powers. count on it as they did. I mean, I don't think that's that... fine. It's just, I, I, I just really felt like I was, I was sorely disappointed with the Templar because I was expecting it to be a full character class. And I was, I was really excited to be getting into it. And then once I found out that, Oh, I only have one power per level I can choose from for a Templar. And I think that that's kind of, I think it's kind of cheap. Unless, I guess, if I wanted to make a wizard Templar. Well, it's an option, yeah, exactly. But, I don't know. I I mean, you could have a warlord Templar who's in charge of the guard, then you'd have the wizard Templar who's in charge of, you know, summoning elementals. And and I I just, I also think, but, I mean, whenever you're using character options, you can either, it's it's an either-or scenario. And so, if I wanted to be a Templar, and if I wanted to be like a cleric Templar or something like that, well, I guess cleric's a bad example. Like, yeah, because they're uh, divine. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I mean, like a thief templar, whatever. Yeah. I can only choose one thing. I can either choose at level one my templar power, or I can choose one of my four or five thief powers. Right. And I think that that it feels too limiting for for the templar. Well, if you were a templar class, they would only have four or five options. All character classes have the same number of options at level one like they only have four or five options right i'm aware of that but i'm just saying is that is that there's only one for the templar i mean and and so i don't know it feels like it gives you more options though than a standard class more variety yeah but but i I don't know it's just it, it it bothers me that 
that I can only pick that that I can only get this either or scenario because I mean if they didn't give me enough Templar options, if they would have given me more Templar options or given me the ability to take my thief option in addition to taking my my, my well then he would be overpowered if you could take both options. Yeah, but their Templars are cool. <laughs> well, every the, I mean that, that's the idea though is that they're they're uh, they have to be balanced against all the other classes. That's know, lame. Uh, yes, class balance is obviously lame and uncool. Uh, the the AD and D. Oh, I had a I had a thought there, but yeah, go on. It's no, but it, I lost it in this in the okay. time in the time it took eating your delicious candy. I'm just saying. I think the question is like like options may be great, but is it worth forty bucks for a book to do that? Well, I mean the the you know. I didn't buy it, so I couldn't answer that question. Yeah, hardcover, glossy books. Because I, I mean, knew, well, I know. knew that everyone who I went to Gen Con with was essentially getting a copy of it. Me and Jason, not everyone. <laughs> oh well, yeah, not Aaron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think that I think for for the price, I don't think it's worth it. I, I, I don't think that there was enough content in it. Every but to, every to fourth ed book is presented the same way. There's tons of options. I mean, every player oriented book. Like this is not new. Like the Forgotten Realms campaign is the same way. Uh, Eberron is the same way. Uh, every I, I think I think my problem is that going in fact this had more than the other guides. I think I think my problem is that going into it, I've I, did have a map too. You didn't mention the map. Okay, the map. I'm yeah. sorry. There's a beautiful glossy map that Ross wouldn't let me take out. So. Well, I will take it out now. So <laughs> but, I'll take uh, it out right now. Okay, we'll, good. Yeah. See, I think my problem with it was was also that. Uh, I mean, I, I'd gone to the Athos website and I saw like how they how they did right. a 3.5 version of it, and so I was expecting something similar to the to. Well, it is it is important it, so. to note though that the the fourth ed Athos is different from the. the oh yeah, clearly. I mean, because there's sort of a retcon, like yeah. in terms of the continuity, like the idea is that Tyr has just fallen uh, and is now free, uh, whereas in the original Dark Sun, that was the campaign was freeing Tyr from its uh, sorcerer king, um, yeah. and then. Towards the end of second edition, they added a lot of material, and there's there's a lot of debate about the quality of the material of the original Dark Sun material. Like yeah. there's some good, some really good stuff, and there's there's some really shitty stuff. But I mean, when, when it and comes the Athis.org is I, I'm not sure that's all fan material. And I'm not sure which from the AD and D material, the original sources that they're pulling from. Like if they're using the crappy material, then you know. But I think it comes down to this: is that I mean. Really, the only thing you need is is setting in general, and it and I mean, who who really follows exactly like the uh, a source book for a book anyway? I mean, like, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as like D and D goes, I mean, GMs are going to make up whatever they want to anyway. It's not like you're restricted to. Well, to I think thing, I mean, there's so. there's no new material too that you you haven't mentioned like the uh, the wasteland survival stuff, um, the sun sickness, uh, weapon breakage. I Sonic thought Weapon Breakage was, was in like season or was season in AD and D. I thought that was in there. Yeah, it was in there. But okay. the, now they have the fourth ed version of the rules. So, okay. like, you can't use the AD and D rules for fourth edition. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Of course. But. So they they have the new they they updated the material. They updated you know the the concept of the survival days that you have so much you know. Uh, that not dying is a big deal in Dark Sun. Um, one thing, though, I do agree with you, though, is that I wish they did have more material on classes, how they fit in there. Because I know, like, you were, uh, I think it was you, you wanted to play an Artificer. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't, and there's no material on, like, how Artificers interact. Yeah, so I just decided to forget it. I mean, if, if I, I wish they would have 
kind of adapted things a little bit differently. And they did have stuff for the races, too, but not all of them, which I can understand because there's a lot more races uh, that have been sat out in fourth ed. Than- uh, yeah, no, see, the races I can't complain about. I really, I, I can't complain about how they dealt with races because they, they have a good 10 pages in there of, of rethinking all of the races yeah. that, that are available. And then they also say that there's a little section also that says if you want to play a different race that we haven't listed – you can think of a different way to do it. And they kind of list out some things that, yeah. you know, if you wanted to play that, and of course, Aaron wanted to be a fucking warforged. Yeah. He wanted to be a, a warforged, which, um, I, I, I immediately said, I, I told my wife who, do, who really doesn't really care one way or another. I, <laughs> um, I told her about Aaron wanting to play a warforged and she's like, she goes, so are you guys going to like kill him immediately? And then like take him apart piece by piece and use him as weapons. I was like, that'd be a good idea. That's basically but, what would happen. Cause Aaron, like his original concept was like, I'm a warforged, but I was created by some powerful being to be a guardian for this world. And I, I've just reentered it like an ancient guardian or something like that. Like, who's level one. Yeah. Who's level <laughs> one. Wow. That's uh like, I'm guarding my master's, Playing card collection, yeah. <laughs> and the fact is that you know you could have a warforged that's made out of something other than metal, but that's yeah. just lame. Oh no, no, I I, I suggested a, um, this is just a joke, but I I said I was like, yeah, we can. Uh, Aaron could still do that, you know. He could be a bone forge. Oh wait, that's a skeleton. Yeah, <laughs> I nice. like the idea of a bone forge. Glass. Yeah, there yeah, are bone gla- golems, Yeah, like actually. a glass, a glass forge. There are actually uh, golems in the creature catalog. There's yeah, like yeah. sand golems and, and like shit. flesh golems. My God, Ross, he could be like he could actually be made partially of a uh, full bottle of wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, it'd be funny if he was a f- if he uh, thought he was like a, a flesh forged, but he's just like a, a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a flesh forged. Uh, I was created by this thing. Like, no, you weren't. You're just a guy that's gone nuts from sunstroke and shit. I think that would make it um, a more interesting character than the one he played last night. Uh, oh, the the yeah. Uh, the, what do we we talk about? Yeah, we we just I just started the Dark Sun campaign, the RPPR. We I will post as soon as I run the second game, I will post it to the site because uh, we're doing it as a very different campaign now. It's going to be episodic with rotating GMs, um, but also have like an overarching narrative. Yeah, there, there's a framing device, an artifact that carries people from place to place so uh when you when you hear the ap but anyways uh the, the yeah talk about your characters a little bit uh um tom would you like to start you haven't talked in a while i'm sorry yeah, yeah. Well, poor tom you're, well you're reviewing dark sun and i just recently i don't have the books myself so what can i say yeah only what i've only what i've seen so far yeah uh, i am playing a uh thrykreen druid yeah who is uh i am not a good guy this time no you're not like you're unaligned right or are you evil um Kind of evil, pretty much. Well, I mean, alignment-wise. like Evil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's there. I thought you were unaligned, because you're sounding more like, you know, survival of the fittest, I'm just... Well, I, I, that could That's also That's more be... unaligned, not like, you know, evil. Well, that more... could also be it, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I am the predatory-type druid. You know, I'll, right. like, I'll, I, I will kill and eat anything okay. that, you know, looks at me wrong. Okay. Which is often a lot of fun because Aaron's because since he's not here, I'll talk about his too. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's playing an he's playing a lawful good, uh, a Ladrin Ranger, and I think that, yeah, the what, where all the tension for the players is going to come is he's lawful good and also thoroughly convinced he's right. So, uh, well, what was interesting is in the first game, um, he saw uh, two of the characters, Cody and Jason, torturing a dude. To find out if he was a bad guy or not, 
and he just stood there and watched and it wasn't until yeah. he was oh he didn't he wouldn't put his character at risk to like confront them like that like he but, saw well, them torture yeah, i do but when i went to go drag a dead body drained of all of its moisture into the fire he's yeah. like he tries to stop me yeah he doesn't yeah it's it's a very convenient uh, good alignment uh, i i personally uh though i'm i'm not a fan of um aaron's role playing sometimes uh, I really like his character, and only because he is like this contradictory, like you know, uh, like you said, like he's good whenever he's con- when it's convenient for him. Yeah. And there were there was a couple of pretty tense moments between Tom and and Aaron, and also between Jason and yeah. and, and Aaron. Both of those kind of had some pretty tense moments, and. I mean, they they were they were interesting in that I kept thinking I'm like we're gonna kill him by the end of this like someone there, someone's it, gonna kill it, him it, like, it's gonna yeah he's probably gonna have to make a new character at some point yeah it um, it will not end well for him because it it's just the thing too is that he, he's so absolute in what he thinks is right and then he gets really threatened and then he gets really angry about yeah. I mean not not like. Not for real. Yeah, not for real. But like, whenever he's playing his character, whenever he role plays it, and but that tends to be the way he he role plays in general. I've noticed. Like, um, when 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 we did our game of jackassery the first time, he ran something for us. Like, remember when he played the secretary? He was like he was role playing out somebody's secretary. I think it was Jason's. And oh yeah, Jason yeah. told him to his go first do Cthulhu. yeah. And the secretary is incredibly like defiant. Yeah, and, and it was like really weird. Stubborn, and, yeah, and it's yeah, like, he has this tendency to do that. This, yeah, the has, NPCs are just give give all the players utter shit. You know. Like, yeah, and but in his and in his and the character he played last night was similar in that. Once he picked a fight, he would not. Like, yeah, stop. he won't back down. It's like no matter if it flies in the face of logic, or he's outgunned, he, or something. He just what the keeps fights going. he chooses were like not like based on any rational right. Like, it's it's sense just, of good. Like it, torturing a dude, not so bad. Throwing a body in a fire, ah. Yeah, and it's mostly that, that's what kills me. It's like, why were you letting this guy get tortured? It, it's whatever. It's whatever has pissed him off at the time. If if someone has personally pissed him off, then he's get then he's going to be defiant about yeah. it. So yeah, we're like when we were telling stories about ourselves, like introducing ourselves around a fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that I killed a guy, ate him mostly alive. Yeah. And then mentioned I still have bits of him. If anyone wants anything. No, you didn't mention that. Yeah, you, I did. No, you yes, didn't. I did. Well, not to the other people. Yeah, I did. Oh, uh, okay. I th- you, you, I misunderstood dude, dude, that. You even, you, like, you, you even went whoa at that point. I don't think. No, 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 no. You didn't announce it because you, you made it into a jerky and you were trying to trick us into eating it. No, oh, I mentioned I still have some of them here. No, you didn't. Didn't you, I? No, I'm pretty sure. you Let's did. go to the no, tape. Wait, oh wait, no, no. I do remember. Then I offered some to Aaron and he recognized it for what it was. Okay, yeah, that was that's but, it. I, but still, this, and all he said was. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, okay, I, I'm eating human jerky, and he's, uh, none for me, thanks. Well, to be fair, this is Dark Sun. That's probably not the first time any of you have been offered human flesh. Uh, <laughs> but but whenever his character is so intent on giving the dead their last rites, it's yeah. sort of like, wait a second. You know, between, like, last rites and eating human jerky, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, my character... Um, my, my, hello, (laughs) my character is a, um, is a shaman, shaman, whatever, how you pronounce it, uh, and, um, Kesha, no, he's dwarf, um, it's Kesha, not Kesha, (laughs) um, he's a dwarven, uh, dwarven shaman who 
was once a I can't say blacksmith, I guess, but made weapons artisan, and armor artisan. and artisan. Yeah, but no, but he he made weapons before. Yeah, so a weapon. Well, artisans smith. make stuff. Anyway, so he used to make things, and then he um, found out. I mean, he, he had this crisis of conscience and realized that you know we're we're marching towards extinction, so it's time to start believing in life instead of creating weapons for death. And so he started becoming a real artisan that makes art, and so he or an artist, and so he started making like pottery and things like that. But um, he will have to defend himself whenever he has to because, let's face it, uh, we're on a world where everything can kill you. Yeah, pretty so, much. So I'm not. He he's not a pacifist in that. Oh, I won't kill anything. But it's like, you know, he's not Locke. He doesn't just murder arbitrarily. So fair enough. I was trying to make a character That's that Jason's was. Job. Yeah. Uh, Jason yeah, is playing a halfling, rogue, cannibal, crazy person who is blood brothers with uh, Tom's druid. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I get to play. I will be playing a uh, uh, Ardent, uh, one of the Psionic classes uh, from PHB3, the Psionic leader, I think. Um, So anyways, uh, but yeah, Dark Sun plays really well, and I I don't know, I think it's worth the $40. I I mean, there's there's a lot of material there. Uh, The player options are very good. I, I think that if you can if you can afford the $40 to do it, then it's worth buying. I mean, honestly, yeah, like, I I got it... Like to be fair, if it, I probably should have waited and just gotten it boards with thirty three percent coupon yeah. or something like that. It's probably. I mean, it, it, it's, get it on Amazon. It, it's yeah. <laughs> we'll it's, have a link on to Amazon yeah. and get and then we'll uh, get a referral link, so we'll get ten but, cents from it or whatever. And also, also, if you're gonna buy the 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 core book, you you pretty well have to buy the twenty dollar extra book too because just because like the way they statted out the all the sorcerer kings and things that's pretty cool. Like it's it's worth getting it's cool that. but again unless you're fighting the sorcerer kings you don't yeah, really need not, their combat stats. I'm just saying. I mean like you, <laughs> but but let's you're face level it level two here's a level twenty eight elite. <laughs> let's face it, you're you're gonna get to that point. And when you do yeah. you're yep. gonna want those stats and so you might as well go and buy the extra book. That's true. So. That's true. And also, you get to take on other like really cool Dark Sun monsters like we did last night, and I won't spoil it, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I used a uh, Dark Sun monster. I, I changed it up a little to make it a little more interesting. Yeah, uh, it was pretty sweet. But next next session, we'll have an actual combat, and that'll be fun. So. Good. I want to fight, and I want to be uh, a shaman that is uh, unleashing his uh, totem thing. My spirit. spirit. Spirit animal. My spirit animal. Aminal. My spirit aminal. So your your power animal. Yes. yes. Will be a penguin. <laughs> uh, oh, poor penguins. They're all, club. they're long dead. Uh, in Dark Sun, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, any other final words on um, Dark Sun? It's like D and D meets Metalocalypse. Yeah. No, and it, it, we will be uh, running, playing games, and and for once, I yeah, I am totally not playing a good guy, so that's going to be good for me. After Vashik, I must be cleansing for you too. It is. Um, not have to, like, and don't tell me that you're doing evil besides, things. And, 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 now, like, and now the one person who is going to be playing the good character is someone we can, uh, someone that's making it even more inter- interesting and entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, and, either Aaron will be driven from this campaign because, you know, I'm not going to let him, well, it, yeah. it, there will be conflict, inter-party conflict. Yeah. Being, being a neutral character, I'm, I'm still leaning a little more towards the side of good in that, you know, I, I want to preserve life and things, and so it, I, I, I enjoy trying to play a different character than Locke, and so I'm pretty excited for that. And and don't take my my 
mostly negative review of Dark Sun in in a way other than the fact that that it just feels a little broken because as how I feel things as well is that d- despite the fact that I wasn't a hundred percent pleased with it. I am still absolutely more than excited to play the game itself because the setting is just so cool that it doesn't right. it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's the PC it's, options, the yeah. PC character stuff. That it's just going to be it's going to be a great game no matter what. So I mean, it's it's worth it for that. So. Well, that's all because of me, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and also I'm going to get to run uh, the the next little uh, mini series, so I'm pretty excited for that too. Right. So hopefully you guys uh, will eventually hear me running a game um, because I ran four of them and they're not up yet. So. I know because I'm a monster in case you didn't you know. You are. All right. So uh, I think that kind of wraps up our Dark Sun discussion. Let's, uh, so next up, we have, of course, we have Tom with his letter. Then we have uh, shout yes. outs and anecdotes and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll be uh, right back in junk. It's a dark try to sell a game not in the sense of selling a game idea to a publisher and yes thank you ross for reminding everyone you have published multiple games i'm talking about selling a game to a group informing them of a game that you have thought of and then pitching the idea to them in essence it is a commercial of your brilliant game idea and you are selling it to your players think of a commercial on tv say a drug commercial now obviously you cannot have scenes of old people playing tennis or relaxing in bathtubs that are located outdoors Think of the drug commercials that involve an actor in a, bl- in a lab coat selling directly to you, touting the benefits of the drug he is selling. As in quotes, Fug it all relieves the symptoms of depression, improves memory, restores energy, aids in weight loss, clears complexions, reverses the effects of aging, and improves your odds of getting laid by 50%. Then in soft, lightning-fast words, he tells you about the side effects. Fuck it all may cause dry mouth, dilated pupils, paranoia, heart palpitations, leprosy, blindness, dysentery, gangrene, and vaginal teeth. Selling a game works much the same way, especially if it's a game that you don't think the group will like, like pitching a fantasy game to a group of sci-fi freaks. Think back to the drug commercial format. Firstly, you are an actor in a costume, just like the ad, only you are a nerd dressed as a GM. Now you are ready to do your commercial live in front of a studio audience. But here's a very important tip. In the drug commercial, the benefits are touted first, and then the bad things are mentioned, quickly and at the end. When selling a game, the opposite is true. You must first get the bad parts out in the open before letting them have it with the awesome stuff. With all that in mind, let's see if we can't sell a D&D game to a group of sci-fi tards. The GM says, Hey guys, I was thinking, for a change next week, how about I start a D&D campaign? This line is followed by a chorus of negative groans, sounds of disappointment, and a couple of homo says what's. The GM goes on. It will be starting at level one, and I'll want everyone here at character creation so I can see your ability score rolls for myself. This is followed by more groans and a few mutterings of fag, as well as one mysterious stick it in. Doesn't seem to be going too well, does it? Well, fear not. For now, all of the negatives have been revealed. Now you can focus on all the good things. You go on. Wait, wait, let me finish. You'll be gaining a level every session, so you don't have to worry about any faggy XP. I also have some house rules for starting in a guild. I have rules for the Ninja Guild, the Pirate Guild, and the Hooker Assassin Guild. I'm also allowing every class and feat and item from any Dragon Magazine website or source book out there. Anything goes. 
Also, you might want to brush up on the Epic Level book because you can bet your motherfucking ass we'll be using the shit out of that book. You'll be founding nations, raising armies, gaining hordes of fanatical groupies, and swimming in hot and cold pools of Poontang. By the end, you'll be fucking Loth right in her egg sack, coming all over Dritt's face, and you'll be the stars of your own 80s cop flick with Orcus as your partner saying, I'm getting too old for this shit. Do this and see if you aren't running a D&D game by the end of the next week. You're welcome. And we're back. Yeah. So uh, you stay classy, Tom. That's what I'll, we'll, I, I'll say. I, I, I'm not sensing uh, yeah. smiles and happiness from that from yeah, you. Just, just stay classy. So uh, this, I am classy. Yep, That's I'm, very I'm classy. To stay classy. Lulz egg sacks, very classy. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 moving on, as uh, Colbert would say. Uh, uh, why don't we go on with the uh, shout-outs, and then we can do the anecdotes. Uh, I'll start off with uh, Operation Endgame. I ran, it's a... New movie that just came out uh, on DVD. It stars Rob Corddry, Zach Galifianakis, uh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor's in it for a short cam- uh, cameo. You know him as the father from Arrested Development. Um, it's uh, a very. It's sort of like uh, it's been described to me as The Office meets Battle Royale. Two groups of government assassins are locked in a bunker and they try to kill each other. And it's very funny. Uh, it's only ninety minutes. Um, there's some good cameos in it, and uh, yeah, you should. It, it, I based a is PvP it, scenario. Uh, on it, was it this, is this something you'll have to order, or can you find it at like Best Buy? Or? Yeah, it's at Best Buy. It's, it came out it, wide DVD release. It's not like a little, you know. It just didn't get to theaters cause so it's, it's not like Dead Snow. Dead Snow's at Best Buy. It, no, it, it is. It was a couple weeks ago. Right. It was. But it's been out for a lot longer. Right. Well, I'm just saying it's out now. So. Yes, Ross. Because it's an American. Thank you, movie. Ross. It's not Ross. Can we move? Some, Ross, can we move on, please? Yeah. <laughs> okay. na, 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 na. All right, uh, go to you. Had one. Yes, I do. I've got a few actually. All right. Uh, the first one and most important one is uh, the documentary "Talking with Gods." It's a documentary about Grant Morrison. Uh, it's done by Sequart Publishing and uh, directed by Patrick Meany. It's going to be coming out in October. I actually got to watch the rough cut of it. It's about 90, I think it was like 90, 95% done, the thing that I watched. And um, it's absolutely excellent. If you're a Grant Morrison fan, you'll absolutely love it. If you have never heard of him, then you will also really, really like it because it is just really interesting, period. So if you know nothing about comic books, you'll enjoy it as well because it's just, he's li- he has lived a very insane life. And so it's excellent. Another thing that I have on my list is to counterbalance the Vertigo title that Ross will be announcing later on. Uh, Green Lantern Emerald Warriors is coming is out. The first issue is out. It's starring Guy Gardner, and uh, anybody that doesn't like Guy Gardner... Um, and what? No, I mean, I, I wasn't a huge Guy Gardner fan um, until like somewhat recently. So if you don't like Guy Gardner, give this a shot. Uh, mostly because um, I think Fernando Passerin is doing the artwork, and his art is fantastic. And also, uh, Tomasi's writing it, and he is—he's um, really One elevated punch. himself. So, yeah, I mean, the two of them together are, are going to put together a really, really great Green Lantern comic. So, 
um, as if there's a bad one because <laughs> they're all good right now. And then um, they are. Regular Green Lantern is fantastic. Um, Green Lantern Core is also really good. But the main one that you need to check out because most people probably won't pick it up is uh, Emerald Warriors. So, And then I had a third shout-out. What was that? Uh, Children's Hospital. Oh, Children's Hospital. Rob Corddry, another Rob Corddry shout-out. Um, if you haven't watched Children's Hospital, you should. Um, it's I don't know if anybody's watched Stella. Stella was a really, really great show, and this is along the same lines. It's just really absurd um, humor that is just Funny. wacky for the sake of being wacky. And so right, it's Adult Swim, right? Yeah, Adult Swim. I think it's mostly on Sunday nights, like around 10-ish or something like that. Right. So. Central Standard Times. Central Standard Time. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Tom, you had one. I'll, yeah. I'll finish off the Images of Suffering. All right. Japanese movie I had the pleasure to watch. Okay. It's, uh, well, it's a Japanese horror movie, so I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. I thought you were more a fan of the romantic comedies and the dramas. From the I film. am. This one, just for some reason, it came up on my uh, Amazon wish list for some reason. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's Japanese uh it's a Japanese movie about a you know some loser, some loner loser guy and demons <laughs> okay. stalking him down. All right, and it's very violent and very horrific. Oh well, that sounds cheerful and delightful. Um, fine, uh, I, I will have to watch it. When was it made? Was it li- like last year, last year? Or two? Uh, a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Okay, uh, I hadn't heard of it. Uh, is it at Best Buy? No, it is not. Who directed it? A Japanese guy. No disrespect to the director, but I cannot for the life of me remember the name of, of Did this Did he movie. direct anything else? I don't know. You don't know. Okay. All Look right. it up and find out for yourself. Let God. Google that for you.com. Um, Shut up. I have two more. One is a, a TV show, Rubicon. It's on AMC. It's a show of conspiracies and... Uh, it's layers upon layers of puzzle solving, cryptography, and Ross secrets likes, and Ross, lies. Ross likes conspiracies. Uh, conspiracies are fun; they're awesome. Uh, it's secrets and lies, and uh, it's very well done, very well acted, and uh, I would recommend it. So it's only it just started. It's a completely new show. There's only like four episodes out. Very easy to catch up. You can probably watch it streaming on the AMC. And of course, uh, I will say about AMC. Have you guys seen the Walking Dead TV show trailer? Yes. Oh my god, it's gonna be so great! <gasps> and speaking of zombies, uh, yes, there's a Vertigo comic called I Zombie, art by Mike Aldred, uh, who did Aldred, uh, did X Static, uh, very distinct, and uh, what's it, mm. Madman? I like that you said ecstatics is like the that's the thing you'll know him for. Well, that's <laughs> like, the first thing that popped in my head. In, yeah, he did Madman. Yeah, Man, I just Man. mentioned yeah. Madman right after that. And um, that was the first thing I read. It was okay. I read a static before Madman. And then is that the, okay? the last is that thing wrong? that <laughs> yes, it is. And the then the the most recent thing that he's done was he was a part of Wednesday Comics. He did a Metamorpho story alongside Neil Gaiman, which was really I read good, that. So. You should. You can actually buy the hardcover now as well. That's another shout out we should do is. Uh, the uh, Wednesday Comics hardcover, it's like 50 bucks, I think. Oh, 50 and, bucks. Uh, but it's, it's well, like... After an, Dark Sun, I It's don't know. oversized, it's beautiful, the artwork is fantastic. You jerk off. Though. And I would never, ever do that, but it's a very beautiful, <laughs> uh, it's a very beautiful book, so it's worth getting. Okay. No sticky pages for him. Yeah, no, Tom. Again, with the classiness. Uh, so... Ross, do you not get me after all these years? I, I do. I, I wish I didn't sometimes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, You're stuck with me. Oh, God damn. Anyway, uh, so anecdotes. Um, so, yeah, that's all our, our shout-outs, so anecdotes. Um, 
why don't we talk a little bit of this about our Gen Con games, and then of course we can. Uh, so why don't you talk about uh, the my Liberty game? Bell. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Liberty incident, Island, incident, Island. incident on the Bell Island. Yeah, it, it's a World War II game set on board a uh, Liberty ship, which are hastily built uh, cargo ships built during World War II by by America. In fact, I believe the record for building one was 18 days, from laying the keel down to launching it, and to have it going on its first voyage. Now, this was more like a publicity stunt, but rumor has it that when Hitler heard this, he said, we've lost the war. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they are on a... Uh, the, the players are on a uh, on the, the sh- Liberty ship called the Bell Island on, its, on a uh, cargo run to, to England. Something lands on the ship, and something starts to take the ship over. Something that starts consuming the, ship's, the ship itself and taking and replacing it with itself. Now, you can listen to the game itself when it's posted for all the stuff that happens in between, but what really, what's really stands out is this game is a, this game was a first for me. My very first TPK. Total party kill. Yes. Yes. And what happened was I had eight players, too. Uh, Ian, Ian Moody, who was, uh, you know, who was Artful Shrapnel on the forums, was in the game, and he was play- actually a Violet. Was Violet there too? Violet yeah. was in the game too, right. and she was she actually had inadvertently chosen the highest ranking member of PC on the ship, <laughs> so she was technically supposed to be in charge. Yeah, but you know how quickly when the actual NPC captain vanishes, how quickly yeah. order will break down in a game. Yeah, of course. So Ian t- largely takes over, and they figure out that to de- the, o- the only way to reveal this thing or get it off of them, because it, you know, it might be on them eating parts of them, is electricity. So there's a whole bunch of just uh, electrocuting themselves to make sure, like, okay, I'm, I'm good. So they, like, the ship was carrying 450,000 crates of tank ammunition, <laughs> which I checked. That's actually as many. I could carry that many crates of ammunition for a tank. And uh, they set a slow-burning fire that would eventually blow the ship up. And they were abandoning, getting into the lifeboats. And Ian's character was standing there with a portable generator saying, no one enters this lifeboat until unless they get electrocuted. So one of the other players, not really all that insane yet, decides he's going to lose it at this point and opens fire on Ian with a BAR, Browning, right. automa- Browning Automatic Rifle. Right, right. Roll to one. Yeah. On a full auto shot, so uh, he turned Ian into paint. Right, that, one in Call of Cthulhu BRP rules is a critical hit, a best possible critical hit. And with a with a big caliber automatic weapon on full auto, yeah, yeah, you're pretty much dead. So he does, you know, Ian splattered all over the deck. So then another player then brains that player to death with a spanner wrench. <laughs> and so the then six remaining you know, players pile into the boat. And I make them. They have to. They have to make a a collective amount of successes on strength rolls to row away from the ship far enough before the ship explodes. Unfortunately, they're about too short. Yeah. So they. So the ship explodes and the shock wave shears part of the boat and their lifeboat in half. So they're sinking in the middle of the in the middle of the North Atlantic. It's cold. It's cold. And I say I tell them, okay, I need one luck roll from one of the player people in the boat. Yeah. To determine if the destroyer you contacted earlier finds you. And one person had a luck of 90. Got the dice, rolled it, 91 came up. <laughs> they all froze to death in the North Atlantic. Except for the ones, some of the ones who weren't electrocuted, who still had part of the thing on them. Uh, so they actually 
lived, quote unquote, until the destroyer finally did find the bodies and they were brought on board and the whole thing continues. No. Yeah. Oh, so but, cheerful. Tom. But it was, it was one of the TPKs that everyone at the end was really happy about. Yeah. No, it sounds pretty dramatic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I did have a Delta uh, World War II. Uh, random, I played in a Delta Green game, uh, World War II, uh, right when Delta Green was being formed. And I played a Lieutenant Fairfield, which, if you know Delta Green, he was the, the, one of the leaders of Delta Green later on mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. And so we were, on a par- we were paratroopers on a training mission. Uh, we jump out, and, but we find that uh, our plane gets hit by hunting horror uh, because we're doing a training mission over England where there are some serpent people performing a ritual. And they, they, they summon Fucking a hunt- serpent people. Yeah, no shit. And uh, we don't know this, of course, at the time. So we crash, and we barely make it out. And um, basically, I found out, you know, my character is like this badass southern, you know, military officer, gung-ho, very, you know. But it, when you fail your sanity checks and there's a hunting horror whose wing is broken but is still, you know, fucking huge and crashing through the forest, you fail your sanity check, you still run like a little bitch. So uh, I found out uh, why the Delta Green uh, Fairfield, the officer, was so gung-ho about Delta Green in the late years, why they called it the Cowboy Years, because he's trying to make up for the fact he ran away <laughs> in his first mission as a Delta Green operative, because he kept like, oh, shit, oh, shit, ah, I don't want to die. Uh, so that was that was a fun game. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Uh, and then Ian, uh, Violet, and I played in a game, uh, Ben Bo ran, I mentioned earlier, Wild Talents, Ian Mall. Uh, where we're basically super mall cops, you know, defending this mall hired out by this corporation. And we spent more of the time fucking with each other, like, you know, messing with each other rather than doing anything productive. Uh, there's just so much ridiculousness in this game, I can't even remember. I'll have to post the, the actual play. It, uh, um, I just remember at one point my character is basically like, kind of like a Green Lantern type. He could form energy constructs and move things with his mind. Uh, so I built a statue of our corporate liaison, who's this douchebag, and I had him like eating kittens live as a statue, like douche Mike the douchebag. But Ben was great. He rolled. He said, "Oh yeah, Mike's such an asshole. He loves the pay- he loves the statue. Puts it in his condo." I was like, "God damn!" Ah. So that that was that was fun. I will defeat you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Artifact Zero. Um, I'll just mention this last. Artifact Zero is basically a near guarantee that everyone is going to die uh, because it's basically based. You're trying to find out why these oh archaeologists. My God, death, have, death, death. Well, the basic premise is you're investigating why these archaeologists in Min- uh, Montana are, keep disappearing, and you find out that they're uncovering human skeletons that are millions of years old, and you figure out later on that they're the skeletons of the archaeologists, aged millions of years. So, like, how can this be? This is weird. It turns out that they found this artifact, Artifact Zero, that is infected with T radiation, which is from the uh, uh, from beyond the, uh, the the Lovecraft story fragment, mm-hmm. uh, Tillinghast resonator. Uh, which basically, this radiation—you uh, touch a metal object infected with it, you get the radiation. It builds up in you, and then you're sent back through time. And there's no way to detect this radiation. There's no way to know that you're infected with this radiation until the. You're sitting back six million years back in the past. So basically, the the people when they find this artifact, they're like, okay, well, we check it out, we investigate it, we examine it. Like, okay, well, you have Poof. to, t- yeah, they 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 like, oh shit, he's disappeared. Agent, you know, Agent Thomas disappeared. Agent, you know, oh fuck, and then they all died. So. Um, Do you get to play anything six billion years in the past? No, because you you suffocate before you get there. Oh, because the cave's not there. Well, no, it's it's it it explains you have to go through another dimension before it gets oh, sucked, yeah, sucked yeah. to the past, and there's no air in the other dimension. So the only way to do it is to not touch anything. 
uh, not to touch this one object, two objects. And if you don't touch those two metal objects, you're fine. But if you touch either of them, you're dead. And there's there's a way you can ground yourself and purge yourself, but you have to electrocute yourself. There's, and that's electricity. <laughs> electricity. It's electricity. Is there anything? It, is there anything it can't do? Yeah, that, that should be the standby in any horror. If you ever find yourself chased by a monster or an infection, you like fire and electricity. Those seem to be the two great killing things. If you can't kill with electricity or fire, you're fucked. So, um, if you, and, and but seriously, what couldn't be killed by fire or electricity? I mean, fire bad. And electricity is just a form of yeah, heat. Exactly, heat energy, same as so, fire. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, good times, Cody. Do you have any anecdotes from the uh, Dark Sun game you'd like to? Or we already talked about Aaron's fuck ups. So, um, he's just. Well, I would say fuck ups, just weird, uh, just uh, questionable stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that at some point, yeah, I hope Aaron's mature enough to let a PvP scenario go by. I mean, because I do think sooner or later one of you guys are going to kill one of the others. Yeah, I'm I'm actually, like, incredibly excited for it. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. And whenever I'm starting to run all of this, I, I kind of plan on trying to put people in situations that are sort of... Moral like dilemmas. That, so. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I mean, there was a mortal dilemma there, and he failed it. He let yeah. the guy get tortured. I still can't get over that. I still yeah, can't we get tortured For such a goody good two-shoes, two he didn't like, you know, like, hey, stop torturing that dude. Stop cutting him up. Okay, yeah, dude, Vashik stepped in when there was some shit like that going on. Well, right in front of him, yeah. I mean, he didn't search very hard. I mean, he didn't, like, look at But if it I out. saw it, I would yeah. jump right in. yeah. Uh, well, except for when the vampires were there, and you didn't free the people that the vampires were using as blood banks. I can't remember that. Yeah, that, that was in Paragon tier, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was in Paragon. I mean, the people specifically commented on that. And well, I don't remember. Okay, well, I did mention that there. I, I might have been really tired that night. Oh, okay, of course. <laughs> Anyways, that's no excuse. Characters don't sleep. I know exactly, especially your character. No, Dragonborn do. Yeah. Thrycreen don't. Yeah. All right, so I Bitch. guess uh, that kind of uh, wraps up episode 48. So uh, we'll be posting the AP shortly and uh, the guy in verse and all that other good stuff. And uh, Eventually, uh, yeah. Sooner than later. Uh, so we'll see you next time.